Now, of all the questions that I get asked regularly, um, one of the ones that is most common is, how do I do this? I want to transition out of my day job. Hi, welcome to the Solo Entertainer's Blueprint for Success. My name is Rockin' Rick, the gig coach, and I am here to help you if you're a musician who's currently with a band or maybe you're a solo act already but you don't know how to take your talent to the next level and really earn a living with it or maybe you're a singer a karaoke singer who loves to go out to the local clubs and sing karaoke and you have a really good voice well i'm here to tell you you can take that voice and earn a living with it or maybe you're a dj and you're just looking for a way to break out from the pack from all the other competitive DJs in the market. Well, I have some very good news for you. If any of those things sound familiar to you, thegigcoach.com can help you. Today's podcast, the title is, What Do I Have to Do to Play Full Time? Now, of all the questions that I get asked, regularly um, one of the ones that is most common is how do I do this I want to transition out of my day job there was a question on one of the music forums on Facebook that I'm a member of not long ago and it was this very question a guy asked how in the world do I transition out of a day job and learn and play full-time and the answers were quite comical several people replied other musicians one of them said You just have to learn to do without a few things like electricity, a car, and a home. (laughs) But statistically speaking, listen to this. Forbes magazine reported in 2013 on a Gallup poll that found that between 70 and 87% of people hate their job, hate their day job. 90% of the workers feel a job is more a source of frustration than fulfillment. 90% of the people working feel their job is really more a source of frustration than it fulfills them. And that's those are the norms. That's how society has kind of tricked us uh, artistic types. See, I was born to, to do music. I, I didn't know that. I wanted to play music. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I should have listened to that hunch. When you're a kid and you, the first things that you play as a child, whatever that is, whatever you're drawn to, I heard a a psychologist say one time, that's a real good indication of what may be your life's work, your life's calling. Some kids want to play, you know, they want to dig in the dirt. They want to build things. They may be drawn to working with equipment, and some kids love to play Army. That's all they want to do. They may be drawn to a military career. I wanted to play music. I remember the very first time I ever saw a band play on television, my friend and I got badminton rackets. I was a little kid. I was probably five years old at the time, and we got some badminton rackets from his garage and strung them and you know, around our neck and pretended like they were guitars. And we played all day, listening to the radio, pretending like we were playing guitar. That's because that's what I really wanted to do. I never really cared about singing. I just wanted to play the guitar. But because society says that's not a real job, I kind of got talked out of that. I played full-time when I was in high school and earned really good money 
doing that. I was making $50 a night and playing at least two nights a week. Well, that's a lot of money for a stay-at-home kid. When I got out of high school, I went on the road making good money as a full-time guitarist and singer. I had a band and is very successful. Traveled all over, over the United States from coast to coast, basically. But then I came home and fell into peer pressure when I felt like I needed to get a real job, quote unquote. See, I was raised in a family of working people. They had a business. My mother and dad owned a business and they came from a family. My dad's family were farm people that worked hard. My mother's people were business people, her family she came from. So I was raised with this. The mark of a man is how much he earns per year. Now, some of you may be able to relate to that. That was my criteria growing up. How much money you make, not what kind of person you are, or if you're, you know, really nice or decent or all. Those things were important, of course. They didn't uh, encourage me to be a bad person, but the most important thing was money and how much money you earn. So there, I, I got on that, I stepped onto that treadmill early on and I began to work. I remember having goals. And my first goal, the first goal I ever had, and I thought it, would, it was an impossible thing to reach, I wanted to make $16,000 a year. That was my very first goal. Now, I worked in my family business, which was a machine shop. And if you know about mechanical things, uh, what a machine shop does, it was a machine shop in an electric motor repair refurbish company. So it was a greasy, grease under the fingernails constantly. And when you work for your family, you never make much money. I remember I made, to this day, for years I made $165 a week. I'm a grown man now. I'm, I'm out, you know, came back off the road making a lot more than that. But I, that's what it was. So I became a police officer. I left the family business, believe it or not, to become a police officer. I also had trained in martial arts along the way. I'd become a martial arts black belt. And at that time, I think I was a second degree, maybe a third degree. I'd been doing it a while, and I was a martial arts instructor. So when I became a police officer, I earned $16,125 my first year. Woo! I made it, man, big time. Well, then I had another goal. I thought, this isn't really very much money. So I started teaching karate part-time as a police officer. On my days off, I could teach karate. And that gave me another, basically, you know, 16000 or so dollars. So my goal of $30,000 was my second goal. Then I wanted to earn 45000 But I couldn't do it being a police officer and owning a martial arts, you know, teaching karate. So I had to give something up. I gave up the law enforcement because you know there's a limit to how much money you can make as a police officer so long story short i ended up in martial arts management for multiple schools about a thousand schools around the country around the united states and some in the uk but we had a company that managed their accounts receivable and my goal i ended up being worked my way up to the president of that company. And my goal was to make $100,000 a year. That was my lifelong, from the time I was a kid, that sounded like a million dollars to me when I was a kid. Well, through the years, I worked up and I finally got to that six-figure income. That's what they call a six-figure income, $100,000. And I thought I'd made it. The funny thing about each every step along the way of your income as it goes up, it's not really a fulfilling thing if 
you're not in a profession that you're supposed to be in. If you're just doing something for the money, and so many people do this, so many people go to college and choose a profession so they can make a lot of money. And they get out and they spend 20 years in that profession and they're miserable doing it when they really should have maybe just done music all along. I know that sounds crazy to, you know, when you think about it and what society says. But looking back on it now, and I have many years behind me of doing this, and I went back into music um, in the early 90s, and then I went full-time as a solo act in 2008, and I never looked back. I should have done it years ago. I was forced to do it. I didn't really even want to then, but I just gave up. I was at a rough spot in my life. I was in my six-figure management income. I sat down one day, and I, out of curiosity, took a calculator just to figure up what my monthly bills. In other words, how much money I had to have every month just to live in the house, drive the car, have insurance, those things, those bills that accumulate. I nearly fell out of my swivel chair at my desk when the calculator said it cost me $6,400 per month to live. Now, that's not disposable income. That's my basic living expenses. I let my lifestyle get up to a point where it was costing me, if I didn't earn $6,400 every month, I was going to have things repossessed. I was going to lose things. Now, that was totally out of control. Now, part of that was the marriage I was in at the time, my ex-wife. Uh, she was not a person that you would tell no to. She would punish you if you did. And some of you may relate to that. Not going to get too deep in it. But that ended up uh, in divorce which was the best thing that happened to me. I needed out of that because, I, again, I'd made poor choices. Some of you can relate. When the divorce was finally over, took years, I was left with very little. The only thing I really had was my music equipment. That's the only thing I came out of it with. Everything else was more or less gone, and I had to start over. I was working, again, in the martial arts financial services business at the time, and when 2008 came along, there was a financial crash, and we were heavy into credit card processing. If you know what that means when you use your Visa or MasterCard, someone processes that. When you swipe it at the merchant, wherever you are, well, that goes to a processor, and they take a fee to process it. Well, we were doing that. And at the time when 2008 hit, that changed. That business model changed, and it basically choked us down overnight. So that career that I had coincided with me being miserable, going through a terrible divorce, and the business changing. So I got out of it, and I was at that, that point in my life where I just waved a white flag. Some of you may have been there before, and I just said, I give. I give up. Time out. I'm tapping out, as we say in the martial arts. And I decided I, decided I was going back to my roots. I was going back to play music full time. All these years, I'd been playing in a band and had success with a show band on the weekends. It was a, a part-time thing, but I'd gotten really quite a brand built around that. The brand was Rockin' Rick and the Corvettes, and that was the name of my band. So when I went solo, I just went with the Rockin' Rick show, and I had to learn from scratch how to do this. But let me tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. I adjusted my lifestyle and got things under control. But then 
as I became successful, guess what? My income worked its way right back up there to the top. And I'm going to share with you a few of the things that you need to do. If you want to do this full time, I can really help you. This is not, I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, I've done it a long time and I'm at a point where I can do this the rest of my life. I have such a brand built and I know how to entertain and how to put shows together and do it that I can coast out of here with this deal. But I want to share it with people as um, I can, as much as I can. So if you go to thegigcoach.com, that's T-H-E-G-I-G-C-O-A-C-H.com, give me your email address, sign up for my mailing list. Not, I'm not going to spam you and send you a bunch of crap and put you in a sales funnel and do all this high-pressure manipulative selling. I'm going to offer you things if you want them, that would be uh, worth their weight in gold, literally gold to you, uh, courses on how to do specific things if you want to take your singing talent or your playing an instrument and make a living with it. I can tell you exactly how to do that. So let's talk about a few things. The first thing that you have to do if you want to make this your career. If you have a day job and you're in that category of 87% of people who hate their day job and you want to really make a change, first off, sit down and get a plan together for about six months of saving some of your money because you're going to need equipment to do music performances. Part of the deal that you have is when people hire you, they hire your musical sound system and microphones. And you need to get a good quality system. And you're talking about, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to say everything under $1,000. Everything that you could need to really get a good sound going. And that's on the high side, I'm sure. But I'm just telling you, get that put aside. Also understand you're going into a an entertainment business. You're going to be an intrapreneur, like an entrepreneur. You're going to be an entertainerpreneur. So there's some ways that you'll look at performing that are possibly going to be new to you. It won't just be a hobby anymore. It will be a, a new way of life. The most important thing I can tell you that I did to be able to transition from a day job, and believe me, I sat down and, and thought, well, do I go into some other kind of martial arts related thing? Well, no, I was getting older and my body wasn't going to hold up to teaching like that. I mean, it's kind of tough teaching martial arts it's a very physical type deal and i wanted to do music so i looked at some different things and i shaved my uh lifestyle that six thousand four hundred dollars i had to have a month that went away when i went through the the divorce we sold or you know yeah we sold everything and she took all of it <laughs> we sold it she took the money but you know that this is that never you know anyway i'm back on track but I had to, sh to um, really cut down and pare down my lifestyle. And so I'd encourage you to do that also. If you're still at a point in life where you are concerned what people think about you and the car you drive and the clothes you wear, then you may not be ready for this move. See, you're going to become a solo business owner. And business entrepreneur people are different. They don't really care. Now, sometimes you have to have a certain vehicle for an image of your business. But I'm telling you, if you just have a, you know, an expensive car payment every month, an expensive truck payment, some of these vehicles, they're like 
eight nine hundred dollars a month ridiculous amounts of that you pay for the the vehicle and the insurance and all of that think about getting yourself out from under some debt so that you have some options and some things that you can do so you know kind of peel back your lifestyle a little bit and get that under control now here's the thing if you want to make a living with music you're going to have to offer variety a lot of stuff and what that means is whatever style is your favorite type of music to sing and play and perform only a small percentage of people that's going to be their favorite style i don't care what it is if you're a jazz performer, small percentage. If you're an R&B singer, small percentage. If you're a country artist, small percentage. Certain people are going to like what you do, but the, the majority of people are not going to relate to it. Therefore, you have to include DJ capabilities with your show. The best thing I ever did. This is what allowed me to go full-time as a solo performer. And again, in my courses... In thegigcoach.com, I explain how to do this, step one, two, three, four, and it works. It's not theory, it's stuff that will work. And I'm a little bit detailed when it comes to this. And you'll notice on some of my these podcasts, I get into detail about things, not just to ramble. I'm not just talking to hear myself talk, but I want you to get all the nuances of how this has to work. Because if you get the nuances, you'll be able to fill in the blanks to make it work for you. You have to have DJ music included in your act. If you're a singer, you're going to sing with track music. That's pre-recorded music. Do not depend on yourself accompanying yourself with a guitar or a piano. I don't care how great a piano or guitarist you are, unless you're going to be doing a piano bar, comedy piano bar thing where you can sit there and play the piano and play 2,000 requests that people have right off the bat. If you can do that, that's a different category than what we're talking about. Very few people can do that. Very few people can sit down with a guitar and play 2,000 requests. So in lieu of that, what you do is you bring the DJ capability and set it up with your live show. Now, let's just take an example. Let's say you're doing a three-hour show, and let's just pick a number. We're going to do 30 songs in that three hours. That's not a hard, fast thing. I'm just, this is an example. Of those 30 songs, you may do 20 songs live, you performing, singing, or if you play an instrument, you can play the instrument along with the track music. Just tune it in the right key. Make sure it's tuned. You may do 20 of those live songs and only 10 DJ songs. Or a different gig, you may do 15 live songs and 15 DJ songs, depending on how the crowd's responding, the age of the crowd, what they like, what they want. Or you may do just 10 songs live performance and do 20 DJ songs. Or you may not do any live. You may do an entire DJ gig or you might not do any DJ songs at a gig. You might do it all live. But you have the ability to do any of this combination. And when you have that ability, you can write your own ticket. I'm telling you. I'm someone who not only has done this, I've worked with many agencies through the years. I work with them right now. I have two, three, four agents who actively have me on a roster, and I've made them a lot of money over the years. 
I know how it works. I know what the booking people are, are looking to buy. I've represent now these days I represent myself in 95% of all the gigs, the contracts, just because I've been doing this long enough. When you've done gigs like the State Fair of Texas four years in a row, seven days a week for 27 days, like I've done four, day, four years in a row in my solo show by myself with my own stage, my own setup in the Coliseum, I've done that. You kind of learn how to negotiate contracts and, and, and all of the stuff that's involved. So I, I know how to do this. I've done it for a long time, and I can show you there are so many... Let me put it this way. As you're listening to this podcast, there is someone in your market looking for you. They are looking for entertainment for an event that they are planning to have. I can promise you every day, every weekend, every week, month, year, there are events taking place everywhere. There are class reunions, multiple class reunions, weddings, more than you can imagine, birthday parties constantly, anniversary parties all the time, grand openings of new businesses frequently. Well, I could go down the list. These are some of the things that I teach you in the gigcoach.com and how to a- approach each one of them. And I put together courses that are very inexpensive and the the information in them is so valuable. You can't imagine one nugget of information could totally turn things around for you. But if you want to be a full-time professional entertainer, you have to have the courage to say you're going to you're going to come outside of your comfort zone. Now, it's not comfortable for some of you to, you know, have to incorporate DJ music. Now, I don't mean you're going to be a DJ with headphones on standing there with turntables scratching and spinning. You may want to do that. That's cool if if that's your thing, but you don't have to do that. And the way I show you how to set up everything, how to set up your mixer, where to put it in proximity to the audience, A to Z, basically. And I'm a little, like I said, you could say I'm a little anal about it just because it's the details that have made me so successful that have allowed me to be featured at the State Fair of Texas seven days a week, 27 days in a row, four years in a row. So that's a big money deal. That's None of this stuff's volunteer. I don't volunteer. I don't have any time to volunteer my time. This is all high paid stuff. But you just don't, unless you know the secrets and the inside info, you can't go and do this. But the question that we started this podcast with was, how do I quit my day job and go full time? Well, the answer is there's a lot to know to do that. But if you will start to educate yourself and get into a mentor type program where someone like me who has done this and is willing to share the information with you can tell you how to do it. You have to have that. You just about won't figure out how to do it before you run out of money and and can't do it. But if you have someone giving you the shortcuts that have saved, it will save literally months, if not years off of you're what you're trying to do. This is Rockin' Rick, the gig coach. I encourage you to go to thegigcoach.com and sign up for my newsletter so I can stay in contact with you guys. Again, I don't spam you or send you junk all the time. The things I'm going to send you can help you if you want to become a full-time professional or maybe a part-time, but you want to be able to pick and choose the gigs that you want. Rockin' Rick. 
I'll see you down the road. 